Welcome to the Ghosty Girls Podcast. I'm Jessica. I'm Anna. Hey, girl. I miss you. I know. What are we going to do? I feel like I need to build some sort of recording studio in my garage with like a plexiglass partition or something so we can finally (laughs) record together. That would be awesome, but I don't know. The Rona? I I mean, I'm down. We all have a death date, right? Like, so Rona or not, I'm going to die when I'm due. (laughs) Guess so. What about, what about rapid testing? Have you heard about those? Well, yeah. I mean, we could do that, but I, I just keep hearing they're super hard to find and expensive. Like, where would we even get our hands on those? Well, I think, you know, dark web. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to hit up the, the dark web for some COVID tests. Like, you know, we don't want a kidney or some like drugs. We're just looking for that rapid result test. Dude, we totally could. I'm not even kidding. Like probably hella cheap. And you don't even know, like, what if they actually have the cure on there? Like, how much do you have in your savings? Because I'll go halvesies with you. <laughs> I know, right? Seriously. <laughs> Dude, that would be so cool. Just do a little quick test and be like, cool, we're down to record. Let's right. go. So basically, we just have to get on the dark web and get these tests and then build a recording studio in my garage. Yeah, but like, do you know how to get on the dark web? Like, do you find a sketchy guy in the alley or like, <laughs> I think you need like a specific computer or like a browser or something. Yeah. So you have to have like an anonymizing browser called the Tor. And what? Yeah, like T-O-R. And basically, it, like, routes your web page requests through all these different servers, through, like, all kinds of different crazy things that probably wouldn't make any sense to us if we actually knew the names for them. But basically, they render your IP address untraceable. Wait, 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 wait. Who the hell are you right now? I know. Right? I know. Like, who? Seriously, are you an alien? Like, did you get abducted after our episode last week? Like... (laughs) I did. They took me and they told me all about the dark web. Like, seriously, though, you can get all kinds of shit on there. Like, you can get login credentials um, to a $50,000 bank account for, like, 500 bucks. What? You can Liar. get... Swear. You can get prepaid debit cards, like, for super cheap. You can get, like, lifetime Netflix premium accounts, which, I mean, who is too cheap to pay for that shit themselves like that's true that's but, true like that seriously but seriously the other shit are you kidding me yeah you can have hire like hackers to attack computers you can buy username and passwords like all kinds of stuff on there and because they're always um changing their ip addresses and you know making it untraceable once you purchase something from someone you'll never be able to contact them or find them again what it's it's fucking sketchy no kidding but dude if we could get some covid tests i'd be down like how the hell do we get this browser i'm ready (laughs) (laughs) i am so ready just to record with you i know me too i really want to but instead of being like a horrible influence and telling all our (laughs) listeners how to access the dark web like please don't buy 
any <laughs> sketchy shit on the dark web and then blame it on us, please. <laughs> um, let's get into okay. this week's episode. Yes, we are keeping it spooky this week. We're going to talk about poltergeists. What yes. are they? I know. What the hell are these things? And we're going to also going to talk about a famous case. I'm sure all of you have heard of it, but we're going to go over it. And you know that we got to talk about the Poltergeist movie because you just have to. Right? Uh, I can't wait to dive into that because I've got a story. Oh, shit. I know. It's kind I of love funny. when you have stories and I don't know them. It's my absolute favorite. It's, it's hilarious. I died of embarrassment. It's a hilarious story? It is. With the poltergeist. Go figure. But it's oh. me. So okay. you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> so we're just going to start off by telling you the definition of a poltergeist, which is a ghost or spirit supposed to manifest its presence by noises knockings, etc. And it actually is German for noisy ghost or noisy spirit. The word poltergeist comes from the German word poltern, which means to make a sound, and geist, which means ghost. So That's pretty cool. Yeah. You learn something new every day. Rocking German now. (laughs) You can officially say you're bilingual. (laughs) because <laughs> you heard it on ghosty girls <laughs> see we're out here doing a service to people we're entertaining and we're educating that's us <laughs> so there's actually a couple different theories with this i mean we have our own but let's talk about some of them that are talked about widespread so some people believe you know poltergeist activity is just like a malicious spirit or brought on by spiritualists. There's actually a guy named Alan Kardec. He was the founder of spiritualism, right? And his quote was, poltergeists are manifestations of disembodied spirits of low level belonging to sixth class of the third order. Under this explanation, they are believed to be closely associated with the elements of fire, air, water, and earth. So I looked at that and I'm like, spirit hierarchy okay so like yeah shit, you have that at work in daily life i even fight for it with my children just to have the hierarchy in the food chain right <laughs> and then <laughs> just when you think you're done at death <laughs> nope spirit hierarchy <laughs> like that's kind of shitty right like you're dead and you still gotta fight for your rights <laughs> You gotta make it to the top. You gotta fight for your rights to haunt people. <laughs> That's crazy. I would really like to get a copy of like this book that breaks down spirit hierarchy because wouldn't that be crazy to see? Shit, I think I know it. Like we live it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know, like, that's something we talk about all the time. Yeah, there are demons that can't do shit, and then there's those that you do not want to fuck with. Yeah. So, I mean, some of the other theories, there's parapsychologists that can't really agree with what they actually are. Some think they're a type of ghost or just an entity that's responsible for all these disturbances. Um, others think it's kind of like an energy that I've heard, so... They're just thinking that maybe a living person going through stress just kind of pushes out this energy 
that causes things to like move and knock and bang. I don't know. I mean, mental energy getting into a physical environment, maybe. I mean, I guess if you're stressed enough, I, I wish I could do that. Be like, I'm pissed. I'm going to throw that lamp. But yeah, I, I don't know. know. I mean, I don't know. I get pretty stressed. I've had a pretty stressful few weeks and I have not moved any objects. <laughs> so, you better tell me that shit when it happens. I mean, maybe I'm just internalizing my energy and I need to project it out. Maybe that's... Push it out. Push it out. Way so, out. Is that kind of like telekinesis then? Yeah. So people just can not necessarily. This is kind of unconsciously. So they're saying like teenagers, women going through menopause. I don't know how many freaking times people can blame that, but no, right? Like leave our cycles <laughs> alone. <laughs> it's they're saying like when people are super stressed, just unconsciously this energy flows out of them and moves things. It's not like they're saying I'm going to move that yeah. I don't know, glass and it moves. It just it unconsciously just flows out of them and moves it. I mean, there's really no evidence to support any of this. I think nobody really knows what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I have a couple theories, but we'll leave that for later. (laughs) We'll leave that for a little later. So there are also some scientists, of course, that have tried Mm -hmm. to figure out what these poltergeist phenomenons are. And in the 1950s, there was a scientist named Guy William Lambert, and he said that the poltergeist phenomena could be explained by movement of underground water, which would cause stress on houses, and that this water turbulence could cause strange sounds or structural movement on the property and could make the house vibrate and essentially move objects. But I know it sounds... I mean, you gotta love the scientists. They have figured out a lot of shit for us. Thank you. But don't try to take on ghosts. I'm sorry. So researchers later, um, they tested his hypothesis and they placed these specific objects in different rooms and they subjected this house to super strong mechanical vibrations. And they discovered that the structure of the building could be damaged Only a few of the objects in the house moved, and they only moved a very small distance. So they came back and said that if his, you know, um, hypothesis was true, the building would fall into ruins before you would see objects, like, moving across the room. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad he tried it because it proved (laughs) it. And there was... There's also another scientist that theorized that seismic activity could cause poltergeist phenomena. But let's be real. An earthquake moves shit. Like, yes, you're not experiencing an earthquake and you're like, oh, my God, these poltergeists are out of control. (laughs) It's an earthquake. Oh, my God. And you know what? It doesn't even explain. I know this has happened to you, too. You put something down, you know where you always put it, and it's not there. I didn't feel the entire house shake whenever it moved to my bedroom. Like Exactly. There, there's more to this. I agree. I used to actually imagine that when that happened, it was like little leprechauns that would come in and move things. <laughs> Don't talk about leprechauns. It brings up so <laughs> I many know. Memories. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. <sighs> 
but I get it. Yeah. You wonder, like, where does this shit go, right? Yeah. That's a totally different subject, though. Sorry. (laughs) We digress again. I know. So before we jump into what we think, I want to take a look at a famous case. Um, Some of you have probably heard of it. It's the Tina Reach case. This poor girl... I feel so bad for her. I know. Um, I know. So it's called the Columbus Poltergeist case. So here's what's, here's the background, and then we'll lead up to what actually happened. So this girl, she was only 10 months old when her mom, her birth mom, brought her to the hospital and just dropped her off, disappeared, never to be seen again. Oh, my gosh. I know. And then she was actually adopted, well, brought into a home the same day. Uh, They eventually did adopt her of Joan and John Reich. So they've had multiple kids um, in and out, and they've taken care of, they said, over 250 children, which is crazy because I have a hard time with three. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm sure they didn't have them all at the same time. (laughs) No, but I mean, think about 250 different personalities. I Praise be to them. Um, (laughs) But they said that she was a happy kid. She was bubbly. But they did say sometimes it boiled over. So it kind of leads you to believe that maybe she was a little hyperactive. Um, She was actually diagnosed later on when she was eight. Uh, They put her on medication, said she had hyperactivity. You know, just kind of went with that theory. Um, So she went to school thought everything was fine and all of a sudden the teacher started calling the parents and they're like you know she's throwing pencils and erasers like she's causing scenes here we you need to come down and figure out what's going on the weird part is these teachers never actually saw her throw anything they just thought like she had something to do with it right yeah. And so these teachers, um, she was on medicine. And when this would happen, like they'd make a big scene taking her out and being like, okay, it's time for your medicine, which so oh my gosh. back then, like what year was this? This was actually 1984, whenever she was going through school and this was all happening. Um, wow. Around that would not stand today. No, 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 no. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. Um, so she was born in 1969. So it was probably what 1977 when she was eight. Um, definitely a different game book back then. Um, so the teachers made a big deal and then the kids obviously are witnessing this. They started calling her crazy and they actually tied her up at school and started teasing her at school. Yes. They tied her up and were bullying her. The parents were like, no more. We're done. They pulled her out of school. And thank God, right? I can't imagine. Yeah. Would have to go knock on some, some heads doors, would roll. Right? Um, this poor girl. I know. So one Saturday morning, they were just like in the kitchen. You know, her mom was washing dishes. Her mom, Joan, was like looking around and she saw the dials on this clock like spinning. And she goes, okay, well, that's weird. And then all of a sudden, the lights started turning on and off. And so she was like, okay, what's going on? Tina's in the other room, and the TV is, like, loud and 
playing and she's like trying to she's like mom i'm turning it off i'm turning it off and she can't get it to go off so she pulls the plug and the tv stays on so that is my nightmare right I can't imagine, right? I, I don't even want to know how this was all happening. Um, so the girl unplugged it, right? And her mom's like, oh, you know, it's it's just the electrical, you know, something's surging, something's wrong, right? Because there are other electrical things happening, like the laundry machine was spinning around and crazy shit, right? So they're like, okay, well, let's call an electrician and just see what's going on. It's probably something weird with the wiring, right? So they called out Bruce Claggett, and he's an electrician. He comes out, goes to the breaker box. He notices nothing's wrong. There's, like, no hot spots or anything like that. And so he walks outside, and all of a sudden, all this activity picks up again. And so they go outside, and they get him, and he's like, okay, it's your daughter. Like, she's playing a trick. She's pranking you because I didn't find anything. Yeah. So he's like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put tapes on all the light switches and we're just going to wait to see what happens. So at all the living room light switches, they put tape and they go wait by the door and just kind of sit back and watch. And all of a sudden a whole lamp turns on and they go in there and the tape is completely gone from the lamp or from the light switch. Right. So he's like, I don't know what's going on. I can't help you. And he leaves. Yeah, I would leave too. I'm like, uh, no, thank you. I did but not sign wonder, up for this. Like, is he thinking, like, I don't even, there's no reports as to where Tina was at that point. But, yeah. you know, later that day, crazy shit started happening. Um, her dad was actually feeding one of the other kids in this high chair. And the high chair began to move. And then I guess Tina was at the table too. And all of a sudden she was like pushed out of her chair and thrown on the floor. And then seconds later, glasses were being thrown all over the room. And it was saying that in a few hours, the whole room was filled with glass. And obviously the parents are not seeing her throw the glass because if they did, they'd be like, it's her. They would. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. With all this shit going on, the girl's like, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm scared. I'm going for a walk. As soon as she leaves, everything stops. So her mom's like, okay, obviously she's the center of everything. Um, What do we do? Like, what if this is a demon in here and, you know, she's being targeted? Yeah. Um, So she comes back the next morning. Same activity continued. Glasses being thrown. Eggs were thrown all over the room. Um. So they thought, okay, it's demon. We have to get a a minister out here to cleanse her. Like something's going on. So the girl, obviously, I don't know, through the help of her parents, she thinks she's being possessed. So the minister comes over. I know. And this couch comes across the room and hits him in the leg. And after that, he's like, there's nothing else I can do. Like, I don't know how to help you. So her 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 activity like continued right so she's constantly going through these things um doctors couldn't find anything wrong with her so her mom was like okay priest won't help me you know doctors can't help me i'm gonna call the media maybe bring light to the situation we'll we'll bring something to light we can get help somehow yeah 
So she called in Mike Harden, who is a news reporter, and he brought with him a photographer who was Fred Shannon. So they all go into the living room and start talking. All of a sudden, this rug or afghan that was laying on the floor just lifted up and wrapped around the girl's head. What the fuck? Right? So they're all watching this happen. Obviously, she's not picking it up and putting it around her head. They're watching it happen. Yeah. I mean, she's a little girl. Yeah. I'm sure she can't pick up a huge area rug or something. I know, right? So the cameraman, he's sitting there. And he, like, picks up his camera, gets it ready. He has his finger on the trigger, and nothing happens for 20 minutes. As soon as he puts his camera down, this phone flies across this little girl's lap, and he raises the camera and actually catches a photo of it. We'll post the photo. It's crazy to look at. But he caught it. Um... Obviously, the photo and Tina became really famous. Um, But one of the reporters said that he had caught this girl in the middle of hoaxing an episode. I guess it was another crew that came in. And when they caught her, Tina said, oh, well, they told my mom they weren't going to leave until they saw something and I needed them to leave. So I pretended to knock over a lamp so they would just get out. So that kind of set a bad light for her, right? Yeah. And it just kind of, throughout the years, it kind of went on. They had um, a parapsychologist actually come in, Dr. William Roll. He was going to investigate her. He was there three days. Nothing happened. It wasn't until the fourth day. He was in the room with her and a mug was thrown across her room. And he says, there's no way she was even close to this mug. So he had to believe that something real in this house was happening. He yeah. actually took her with him to North Carolina so that he could do testing. And he ultimately came up with the fact that she was unusually susceptible to electrical energy. A magnetic storm in the Earth's atmosphere must have triggered an ability inadvertently manipulating the physical environment. What? Right? Wow. How do you come up with that, right? Well, you're like fishing for answers, I yes. guess, at that point. I mean, you have a scientist who gets basically shown that he's not right. I don't know. He had to come up with something. Eventually, all the activity subsided. Um, an episode actually ran on Unsolved Mysteries in 1993. Uh, I think it was May 1993. And it's still unsolved. They can't determine if she was hoaxing it or not. Obviously, you know, there are tons of skeptics that said that she was just a disturbed teenager. um, And she faked it all. She craved attention. Some even said that the Reich family actually abused her. So she was doing anything she could to get attention and get out of there. Um, It was also reported that they had watched the Poltergeist movie shortly before the occurrences began. Hmm. So it makes you wonder. I don't know. Some people think when you watch it, it'll bring things in. Yeah. Especially if you're unsusceptible or if you're susceptible to it. I don't know. This is a really strange case. It's hard to say. I think if multiple people saw things flying around and she wasn't even near them, obviously there's something to it. 
Yeah. And they're just trying to explain it away. I don't know. I feel it bad makes for me... either way. Yeah, I feel terrible for her. Yeah. But it makes me wonder about her birth mother. Right. And if her birth mother hadn't been experiencing something like that, and maybe that's why she gave her daughter up. And maybe it followed her. Exactly. The first thing I thought is like, okay, why at 10 months would you, I mean, obviously things come in life and you have financial issues and maybe, maybe her mom had no other option, but it does make you wonder, was there stuff going on at home? And her mom's like, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it very well could be like something was there and the mom had been experiencing it and decided that her daughter was better off out away yeah. from her. That's what I thought. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a hard one. I I know that there are a lot of skeptics out there that think what we do is bullshit and we live it. So we know the truth. And if exactly. that poor girl was actually going through that, I feel so sorry for her. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she's the only one that's ever going to know the truth about yeah. what actually happened. So that's really not for us to say. Right. But I it's very interesting to me, this, this theory that the scientists came up with. Yeah. Just this magnetic storm raised energy. Like, okay. I don't, I, I don't, I can't discount it. I'm not going to call him a liar. I just have never heard of it before. Yeah. That's like if crazy. I go out and stand in, stand in the middle of a lightning storm, can I now move glasses from now on? Maybe. You should try it. Should Let us know. It? I mean, I'm not going to die out there if it's not my time. I'm, I'm down. Let's do it. <laughs> you do it. You report back. Let us know how it goes. Oh, thanks. Not having my back. Great. Listen, you were willing to sacrifice me um, to that lady that was going to pull me into the water. You were in the last episode. Okay. So. Am I wrong? Like, you were going to call on her. Well. I'm not anymore. <laughs> You're like, change of mind. <laughs> oh, man. So what do you think? What What do you think about all of this? And what do you think about poltergeist in general? I think it's an entity. And I think its game is confusion and wearing people down. So... We deal with this all the time. We're not poltergeist all the time, but spirits all the time. I think this one is like dead set on making you feel like you're crazy. And then it adds the aspect of not doing anything when people are watching. So they start to doubt you. And then you start to think, okay, they think I'm crazy. I think it just wears you down so it can take over. Like it feeds off of your fear and your weakness, and then it just grows and grows and grows. And when you say take over, are you talking about possession? I believe so. I mean, I may be wrong, but I have never heard of a poltergeist case of someone um, who was saved where they were the target. Because you got to think about something. When a demon's going to attack, um, he has one or two things. He's either trying to take the person over, and they're not saved because you can't be taken over. If God is inside, he can't get inside, right? Mm -hmm. But the other one is maybe there's, um, they're trying to just wear you down and to get that energy. I can't see where they would make you a target. They have nothing to win unless you're like 
really out there and you're like, this is my religion and I'm going to bring you to God. And like, you're really doing God's purpose for your life. And maybe they're trying to slow you down. Yeah. But I don't know. I just don't think that you're going to have a poltergeist if it can't take you over. You know, I think that's its end game. Interesting. What do you think? Well, you know, like obviously we heard the two different paranormal theories are they're either an entity or there's some type of unknown energy that's associated with a person or a location. But I think what people forget is that ghosts or entities, they feed off of energy. So those two things in my mind, they go together. Absolutely. And any energy that it's getting from a living person or from a location, it's using that energy to manifest, to be able to move things, to get stronger, to you know, show itself, you know, if it, if it does show itself to you or, you know, whatever. So I do also feel that they are entities. Mm-hmm. I think that the energy plays a part in it for sure. Because, I mean, that's how, that's how, it's like we eat food. That's how we survive. They need energy to survive, you know? So Um, maybe they have like these different levels of intelligence. Like maybe these ones have figured out, yeah, it's going to take energy to move that cup. But in the end, the fear response I get out of it is going to give me double what I put into it. Exactly. Like maybe they're smarter than the average one. I don't know. And like you said, they wait. They know when to react or when to act up and and get all their activity going and when to stop. And it's like they they fuck with your mind. Yeah. They make you think that you're crazy and And what's worse than having everyone around you think you're crazy too? You're going through all this experience and being worn down and now everybody else thinks you're crazy. Like that plays a mental toll. Oh, for sure. These guys suck. Sure. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like literally. (laughs) Have you, (laughs) they they suck (laughs) the energy right out of you. Have you ever dealt with a poltergeist or a spirit that was, moving things or um, making like loud noises. Yes. Yeah. The house I grew up in, um, the one we talked about where I seen the leprechaun in the closet, Mm -hmm. um, there was constantly things moving. Obviously we talked about my shoes being moved, but I remember like my mom, um, she would like fold my dad's pants and put them in his closet and he would go in there in the morning. He's like, where are my pants? I can't find my pants. She goes, I put them there. Like there's no other place they could be. He goes searching the whole house, comes back and they're there. So that's one of the things that like, it's not just moving things in front of you. It's making shit disappear and then putting them back. Yes. And that drives you crazy. Yes. So I think that's definitely part of it. But that house constantly had things moving. And when things were moved, my parents would get into an argument. And mm-hmm. so that just fed even more fed the energy. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I remember things moving in my room and being like, mom, they're moving. Oh, no, they're not. It's fine. 
And so, yeah. you know, you blow it off, but definitely it, I a hundred percent believe it's an entity just fucking with you. Do you think poltergeist actually show themselves like manifest as something physical that you can see with your eye or do they always kind of stay invisible? I've never seen, well, I can't, I can't be an honest judge here because I see all kinds of shit. So if, yeah, I don't, it's hard to know, right? I honestly, I don't think that they show you. I don't think that's part of their gig. I think moving stuff is their thing. They're not going to show you. Um, but I mean, I guess it's possible that some of the shadows I saw, maybe I I have, I'm going to, I'm going to knock on wood here, but I have not had a poltergeist since I was little. So I'm going to leave that alone, but yeah. I so make sure nothing knocks back. I've heard poltergeist. some already. So we're just going to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. That's okay. I was talking to you and I saw a shadow over my left shoulder and I was like, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> you know, it's really unfortunate that ghosts and spirits don't wear name tags so that you can easily identify. Girl, like if they I could know. just say, hello, I'm a poltergeist. <laughs> Hello, I'm a demon. So you can just be like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's who you are. No time wasted figuring you out. Exactly. <laughs> like, leave your business card. Let me know what's going on. I'll deal with you later. Yeah. It'd be so much easier. It would be. It does take a lot of time and effort to try to figure out what the hell they're trying to tell you or what they are or what they're faking. Yes. Wow. All right. So obviously we heard about the real life case. Yeah. Now we got to discuss the movie because I mean, when you say poltergeist, don't you automatically think of the movie? Yes. I feel like everyone does. Yes. And it's not, it's not. (laughs) I I know. (laughs) There is a lot to this aside Mm -hmm. from just the movie itself, you know, the supposed, curse and i'm doing air quotes here but you can't see me the curse of the poltergeist (laughs) movie um it's really interesting to think about so all right obviously everybody knows it's a supernatural movie came Mm -hmm. out in 1982 and it was set in california and it focuses on a family whose home is invaded by malevolent ghosts that abduct their young daughter. And so basically throughout the film, it's the family's attempt to bring her back to the real world. So, you know, it starts out, they move into this home and, you know, it's all kinds of like set up for what's going to happen. But basically the juicy part, the good part is when the white hand comes out of the TV there <laughs> so, there's an earthquake and when the shaking subsides she announces they're here because she says they're back in the mm-hmm. second one but yes in her creepy little kid voice and the next day all kinds of crazy events start happening so uh, a glass of milk breaks silverware's bending furniture's moving and at first it's kind of no big deal Right. I mean, a drinking glass breaking and silverware bending, that's a big deal, but it starts out slow and then it starts to get more intensified. So that night, a tree comes alive and grabs her little brother (laughs) through the window. 
The dad rescues the brother, and Carol Ann gets sucked into a portal that appears in her closet. So it's nightmare. The closet portal. Exactly. So a group of parapsychologists from UC Irvine come to their house to investigate, and they tell them it's a poltergeist intrusion. (laughs) And Tangina, that super freaky old lady that everybody knows (laughs) from Carolyn, that lady. Oh God, I know. So she's there, and she starts going through the house, and she's telling them that you know the ghosts are inhabiting the house in a different sphere of consciousness, and they're attracted to Carolyn's life force. They're distracted from the real light, and they are going towards Carolyn's light. I guess. So. All this stuff starts to happen in the home and they're trying to get their daughter back. And basically what they find out is that when the houses were built where they were living, they were supposed to move this graveyard. And instead of moving the graveyard completely, they moved the headstones and they left all the bodies. (laughs) So all the bodies were buried under these houses. So pretty much... They get Carol Ann back. They leave their house. Their house implodes into a portal and they go to a hotel. (laughs) That's the breakdown. Their house implodes into a portal and they go to a hotel. (laughs) (laughs) And they head to the local Motel 6. (laughs) So obviously there's more to it. If you haven't seen the movie already, watch it. Don't listen to my rundown because it doesn't do it justice. But... There was some pretty crazy stuff that happened Yes, after this movie was filmed. So let me just go through it. Dominique Dunn, she played the oldest daughter, Dana, in the first movie. She died uh, November 4th, 1982, at the age of 22, after being strangled by her ex-boyfriend. And this was the only movie that she was ever in. So that happened. I know. So that happened pretty much right after the movie came out. Heather O'Rourke, who plays Carol Ann in all three of the Poltergeist films, died on February 1st, 1988 at the age of 12 because she had a bowel obstruction. So, I mean, I know it's, it's crazy because she was so young and then to die from something like that. Yeah. Um, so we also have Julian Beck, who played that evil preacher guy from the second Poltergeist movie. Right. He's so creepy. In 1983, so just one year after that first movie came out, he was diagnosed with stomach cancer. And it took his life right after he finished the work on his on the second movie. Oh, my gosh. I know. I didn't realize then, all this. I know. Will Sampson, who played Taylor, the Native American shaman. Yeah. He died of malnutrition and post-operative kidney failure. What? At the age of 53. Yes. Okay, so all balanced stomach issues, almost. I Ooh, I didn't even think. Well, except for the one who was murdered yeah. by her. But uh, I mean, other than that. Yes. So, and then there was another near miss, an actor that was almost taken by the death curse, they say. Uh, His name was Richard Lawson, and he was on U.S. Air Flight 405, which crashed into Flushing Bay in 1992. 
and 27 out of the 51 passengers on board died, but he was one that survived. That is so strange. Okay, so it gets weirder. What? So What are you throwing at me here? This is a little crazy. (laughs) So the cast deaths were not the only creepy thing that happened surrounding this movie. Um, Joe Beth Williams, who played Diane Freeling in the first two movies, she, which is the mom, she claimed that Steven Spielberg insisted on using actual human skeletons as props in an attempt to save money. I guess at that time, they were cheaper than using plastic skeletons. Wait a minute. I was going to say, that is like crazy. The fact, I mean, now to buy human stuff, like you have to go to the dark web. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Exactly. So the claim's never been verified, but it persists to this day to be one of the, you know, in the lore surrounding the films. But I don't know if you remember the scene where she's under the house in that pool of like skeletons and she's like, it's, can you imagine like if those were real human skeletons No, and she's like swimming in a pool with them? No. Mm -mm. I know. Couldn't pay me enough. So on the second movie, the vibe was so bad that um, Samson, the gentleman that played the Native American shaman, Will Samson, he was so concerned with what was going on on set that he offered to perform an exorcism on the set. What? And one of the nights after it wrapped, he actually did that alone in the dead of night. And the next morning, the cast and crew reported that they felt relieved. So. Hmm. That's weird. Right? That is weird. So. What do you think? Do you think that filming a movie like that, do you think it could have some sort of repercussions? I mean, we've talked about this before. It's like, it's not like, it's a script, but you're still like calling on things and being like, you're being involved in that. It's almost like you're welcoming it. Yeah, it's your intention, right? And your intention in the moment is to portray these words as if they're your own. Yeah, I could absolutely see that happening. I mean, there was a time where we stopped watching every ghost hunting show because we were having so much activity. And I think because we were like so involved in these TV shows, this was all we were watching that maybe that was kind of an invitation. So we just stopped watching it and activity died down. So I think there's absolutely something to the fact that you're being involved in it or you know, acting it. Absolutely. And especially if you're using human skeletons. Yeah, no. I uh, No, thank you. Like, really, Steven Spielberg? Come on. <laughs> yeah. You're that cheap? Disrespectful is what it is. Very. And I agree. We actually stopped watching, like, horror movies in the house after... Yeah. The I incident. Mean, for, yeah. Probably <laughs> the past year and a half two years we don't watch those kind of movies in the house anymore it just makes you i think it brings you back to what you had and you don't want to have any type of intention there i mean now i know okay i I watch ghost hunting shows and i'm like they're full of shit that's not what that is like because i have so much experience now i'm like i'm not saying that i have all the experience i'm just saying that what they're catching from what i see 
is bullshit and the stuff that's real like okay cool but i'm not inviting that i make it very Mm -hmm. clear that i am watching this for entertainment that is it yeah and And we will watch those shows too yeah i agree i'm i definitely you know my intention is we're watching this show it's interesting it's entertainment but i think before i was watching a lot of like movies where it's like demonic possessions and things like that and now I'm just like yeah no I don't even want my mind to go there because I don't want to (laughs) like you know subconsciously invite that into my home if you think it they will come (laughs) yeah I know yeah I I get it I get it there are some movies where I'm like turn it off I can't just because I can feel myself getting creeped out or scared and I'm like nope I don't want them to know that that's what scares me (laughs) (laughs) exactly that's exactly what it is yeah don't try the nun thing in my house that's nope fuck that (laughs) nope never I'll never see it so here's the funny story oh yes I watched this as a kid I was scared out of my mind because I knew that that movie was real because I was living it, right? Yeah. And I couldn't talk about it. So I couldn't say, oh my God, I know that. So I was scared out of my mind. As I got older, I was telling my kids, I'm like, oh, there's a scary movie you've got to watch. And they're like, what is it? And I'm like, poltergeist. And they're like, okay, let's watch it. And I'm like, no, like we can't. It's going to be so scary. But, you know, if you're ready, I'm willing. let's watch it we sit down and they thought it was the cheesiest stupidest movie and i'm sitting there (laughs) thinking i remember like almost crying because i was so scared and yeah the stupidest movie i've ever watched i felt so embarrassed they were laughing at me (laughs) scared well yeah the graphics were awesome when i watched it now like They're like a tree mom, really. And I'm like, no, but you don't understand as a kid. Like, I was scared of every tree. And they just laughed their butt off at me. Like, they just thought it was the funniest thing. Oh, my gosh. I actually let my kids watch it, too. What did they think? They didn't think it was scary. I know. It terrified me. And here they are laughing at me. It didn't, well, it didn't terrify me as a kid. Like, I don't rem- that wasn't the movie that I was scarred by. Um, but they were like, really? <laughs> Especially with the special effects. I'm like, I'm like, listen, for the 80s, these special effects were awesome. Yes. I'm like, you don't understand. In my mind, I remembered this movie as terrifying. So when I put it on and I started watching it, I'm like, wait, that part was way scarier. What happened? And they're just like, what is going on? This is stupid. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I should have showed it to you earlier. <laughs> you're like, you're the like, scary part hasn't happened yet. And then you're like, um, all right. I guess it wasn't that scary. I don't even think we finished the whole thing because they were just like, really? We have to sit here? Yeah. Like, oh, I know. that's so sad. I think I my think oldest you- did that too. I hate when you do that. Like you n- remember movies that were so awesome and you go back and you're like, wait, <laughs> that mm-hmm. was not what I was expecting. I know. 
I did that with a couple of movies, not scary movies, but I went back to watch them and I was like, oh, this looks terrible on my TV now. (laughs) So blurry. Yeah. I'm like, I remember this being so awesome. (laughs) No. No, Poltergeist was cheesy. It's a good watch because, you know, the nostalgia. I love it. But exactly. Not to be scared anymore. Well, we are at the 48 minute mark so i think you know what time it is it's time for another round of would you rather everyone's favorite game and this week i got a couple for you my friend i know every time you have questions for me it scares me it shouldn't scare you. The first one I'm going to start off with is pretty easy. Like, I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. And then I'm going to regret it later. You might not. Here's Listen, the you didn't prepare me for last week. So here we go. Okay, let's do it. Would you rather be a vampire or a werewolf? Hmm. Vampires live forever? Do werewolves? Yes. Both of them have to live forever? Yeah. Well, I'd rather be... Werewolves can die, right? You can kill them with silver. Well, you can kill vampires with wood. Okay, well, there you go. So they can both die. But technically, they would live forever. (sighs) Well, all the vampires I've seen have been thin. So I will go with vampire. (laughs) That's really (laughs) your reason? Yes! Yes, I will drink blood to be thin. (laughs) Oh, shit. Watch out. (laughs) It beats being smelly like a dog for the rest of my eternity. Right? I know. Anna's on a new diet, everyone. She's drinking blood. So watch out. Where my mind went to was I I first thought about Twilight. (laughs) I was like, I don't smell like a dog. Any vampire I have ever seen is hot. That's so, true. I want to be a hot vampire. Sign me up. I'm totally with you. Well, that wasn't a hard one. Okay. Is the so, next one hard? I mean, I don't think it's hard. It's not necessarily hard. All right, here we go. Okay. Would you rather be violently hunted in the purge or a zombie apocalypse what okay hold on questions okay violently hunted in the purge do i have an escape like can i just go into a bunker no you're this is you're in your house like you start off you're in your house like everyone else so unless you had a bunker in your house which you don't <laughs> that no. you know of. <laughs> oh, okay. You gotta have guns, cause like, I well, just of course. Okay, so zombie apocalypse. Same, same situation. I'm in my house. Yeah, you start off in your house. The purge. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's 100%. hard because that's really hard, and, and I totally get where you're coming from. And you think about the purge is like 24 hours, right? Yeah. But 
I don't know. Like, I almost feel like people are fucking ruthless. They are. And so you just, my concern would be like protecting my kids and keeping them safe. You mean, wait, 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 wait. You said me. You didn't involve my children. Oh, that's true. I don't, well, I don't know if my answer would change then. I, I mean, zombie apocalypse, I feel like zombies are kind of stupid. It depends what movie you're watching. Some of I'm them are smart like and Walking Dead. Okay, Walking Dead, yeah, I would take zombie apocalypse. Wait, is it 24 hours or how long is this? 24 hours. Zombie. Zombie yeah. of the Walking Dead, I would take zombie. Now, I mean, what kind of zombie or would you be afraid of? 30 days a night. Well, those um, no, are zombies. Those are vampires. Well, what is the one where they run like hella fast and like they're smart? I can't remember. Uh, are you thinking no, about Twenty Eight Days Later? Yes, that's. But what those it is. technically aren't. I mean, I guess they are zombies, but they had like some crazy pandemic. Um, that's freaky. I and don't then- know. Humans like. They're unpredictable. They're That's not what I'm saying. But you know they're not to be trusted. So, yeah, you know what I mean. True. Like, just shoot everyone that walks through the door. Well, yeah, make yeah. sure nobody can walk through your door. Yeah, they're not going to walk through my door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so I got to decide: twenty-four hours zombie mm-hmm. apocalypse or the purge. I'm. I honestly think I would go with zombies. I think I'm more afraid of people than monsters. I agree with you 100%, but people are weak. That's true, but zombies can be killed too. But you gotta get a headshot. Like, how good are you with a gun? I mean, I shot a few cans in my time. (laughs) You got a sledgehammer, you're fine. I mean, I'm not great, but like, I'll go out there with like a one of those big ass knives or something and just cut their heads off. <laughs> I can see you. Like, yeah. let me jump and cut your head. Yeah. <laughs> I actually might enjoy that. Oh my gosh. That is hilarious. See, so mine were fun. You didn't they have to were be scared. Fun. I was nervous. No, I'm not going to ask you anything freaky. Like my Not on the podcast, at least. Oh, girl, save it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all we got for you. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Ghosty Girls and keep an eye out because we got stickers for all our weirdos and we want to send them out to all of you. So look out for an upcoming post on how to get them. They are awesome. I'm so excited about them. And don't forget to please subscribe to the podcast, rate, and review us on Apple Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. Stay ghosty. And remember, there are no goodbyes for us.